The other stat that I really like is that workers are spending on average 31 hours a month in unproductive meetings. Again, that's just a whole lot of wasted mm-hmm. time doing jack all. And it's like we could be doing so much more in that time, yeah. achieving so much more, actually creating results, working on content, cleaning, for goodness sake. doesn't matter. You could be doing anything more productive than sitting in a meeting not doing anything. The problem isn't that meetings suck. It's that we suck at running them. Welcome to the Marketing Mentors Podcast, brought to you by Red Pandas Digital. My name's Tasha, and I'm joined with the, of course, lovely Linda. And if you didn't pick up on it, we are talking about meetings suck, but not really. It's not really <laughs> sometimes the, exactly. It's not depending really the, on who's running them. A hundred percent. And it's not really like Linda said the meeting that sucks itself, rather the way we are running it. And we cannot take full credit for this topic. Um, Moby gave us some inspo, but the key topic ideas comes from this book by Cameron Herald called Meetings Suck, Turning One of the Most Loathed Elements of Business into One of the Most Valuable. And to be fair, we actually started implemented, um, sorry, started implementing a lot of the strategies that come out of that have come out of this book well before I read the book. And yeah. then I've read it thinking, oh wow, okay, cool. That's why we do this and this is how we can make this better and all that type of stuff. Yeah, I think that we've been implementing this for a long time, yeah. T, even with the stuff that we're doing with our American partners at Impact. You know, like we just said in that snippet, the meeting doesn't necessarily have to st- suck as long as the person who's running it is running the meeting well. Yeah. And from that that point of view where we talk about vanguarding the meeting, mm-hmm. I mean, we're going to get into the types of meetings today and, and, you know, which ones we enjoy having, sh- which you should have, which you shouldn't have. But in regards to just like running the meeting in general, something that we've been now implementing, you and me, T, Moby's been doing it as well, is vanguarding the meeting. So we follow this vanguard principle whereby you – uh, you bring something up or introduce something before it becomes an issue. Exactly. And so with meetings to not suck, you need to be able to hold them well and make sure that the people in the meeting are participating the way that they should. And so at exactly. the beginning of our meetings, we actually now ask all the participants a question and we we ask them, what is something that we can each individually do to be present oh, in this Oh, I call? love this one. Yeah, yes. and, and yeah, getting yeah. them to answer that builds that buy-in at the beginning of the meeting. Yeah. Um, and it helps you be able to keep people in line so they they verbally commit to, for example, yep. not using their phone in a meeting, yes, turning off yeah. their Slack in that meeting. Yeah. Um, and that's I actually, a great yeah, tip. I, I absolutely love this one, Linda, and I use it. Um, obviously, guys, you don't have to do this for every meeting you have with your team, but it's such a good strategy or a good tool to use, especially when you're, um, like Linda was saying, vanguarding or setting the conditions for potentially ongoing meetings or even if there's like training or coaching sessions, you and I do a lot of this type of coaching, um, especially when it comes to HubSpot, and we're meeting new people every month and they don't know us, we don't know them, but it's important that we set those conditions every time we meet them so they know what these meetings are about and what they're not about. And how to show up to those meetings, being a participant because they still have a role to play even though they're not running that session. Yeah, no, I love that. And those types of meetings, if you will, like, you know, quotation marks, they're meetings but they're also these workshoppy coaching, um, you know, discovery sessions. So I don't want to get bucketed incorrectly but there's so much value coming out of them nonetheless. Yeah. Um, You know, it wouldn't be a good podcast episode without some awesome stats and I've got some for us. It is estimated that, and this is US just so you know, but it's still like, you know, a good stat I think, Um, an estimated $37 billion is lost per year 
because of unproductive meetings. Mm-hmm. Now that's telling me that there is just a shitload of meetings happening that are achieving nothing. Yeah. And just money being lost. Now, not uh, I don't think it happens at no, it doesn't happen at Red Pandas, but no, I definitely we're very good in that way. I definitely know at previous roles, I've been in meetings that I've sit here going, what on earth am I doing here? What a waste of my time. Meetings for me- other meetings, just <laughs> let's have a meeting. Meetings have a meeting. Like and center, yeah. yeah, let's have a meeting for lunch. <laughs> like, don't get me wrong, I love a good lunch oh, meeting. Oh, lunch meeting. <laughs> we can make that work. If, it, if it's actually productive though, do you know what I mean? Yeah. Otherwise, I'll just have lunch with myself and my and my thoughts or whatever it you know whatever it is that's on the the you know the agenda for the day but there's that one and then the other one that um the other stat that I really like is that workers are spending on average 31 hours a month in unproductive meetings again that's just a whole lot of wasted mm-hmm. time doing jack all and it's like we could be doing so much more in that time yeah achieving so much more actually creating results working on content Cleaning, for goodness sake, doesn't matter. You could be doing anything more productive than sitting in a meeting, not doing anything. Totally. With all of that said, conditions for meetings, uh, stats on meetings, meetings suck. It's not the meeting. It's how you're running it. There are three types of meetings that, um, you know, Cameron Herald talks about in his book. There's a whole bunch, but we're not going to talk about all of them today. But there's three specific ones that we're going to talk about in this session, in this episode, that we see work for us. And, you know, so from experience we can share them plus we know that they contribute to having fewer meetings but more um, productive meetings when you're having them, if you will. Mm -hmm. So what's that first one, Linda, on our list? Yeah, so the meeting that we have every day, so we'll talk about this one first, is huddles. Mm -hmm. And I know that there's different versions of huddles out there, so we'll share what we do within ours. Um, But we hold our huddle every day, Monday to Friday at 12.35 p.m. Precisely. Precisely. No sooner, no later. And we keep it to seven minutes. Now, obviously, this will change depending on how big your organization is, but we can talk about what variations look like. But ours is seven minutes every single day and we cover three things. We we, we say what's up, Mm -hmm. so one word that describes how you're feeling in that moment, our priorities for the day, and also any stucks or challenges yeah. that we have. So those three things are um, strategically thought of. Now, in the book, um, I, I think they approach it slightly differently. I think it is more along the lines of um, revenue or even goal-oriented for the business. Mm-hmm. And there's this, like, uh, this idea of an adrenaline dump, like in the middle of the day. So a few yep. things that to make these huddles successful if you want to implement them, um, you're meant to be standing. So you're actually meant to be physically standing up. Now, I'll be honest, we probably do that like 70% of the time, mm. somewhere where we need to, I think we could work on. But in terms of standing, so you're standing up, you're kind of getting that, you know, blood back into your feet and forcing yourself to break up your physical pattern. It's also a standing meeting, like Linda said, it's in your calendar every day, doesn't go anywhere. And what I love um, about the team here at Red Pandas and how we've implemented this is that since we've implemented it, We've had like a 99.8% attendance rate. Yeah. No one's missed them. Yeah. Even if it's been someone's like having a personal appointment or something, we've had people ch- uh, tune in from like car parks, driving, like you were you yeah, were, you were commuting on the, on the way, way today. Yeah. People in Macca's drive through And I will say, I think it's, yeah. <laughs> drive through I think I remember yeah. once, just once. <laughs> just coming back from a client meeting, yeah, let yeah, me yeah, just yeah. say. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I think we also did a really good job at vanguarding that. Yeah. So setting the guidelines and understanding before we've started the huddle, just how important these sessions are. Yeah. 
from that point of view where we cover those things, but also they're just like, we can't underestimate how important they are when it comes to boosting morale of employees. And, you know, you might have someone that is working as a producer, let's say like, let's stick within our company. Like we'll have a producer in that call. We have everyone in that call Mm. to our CEO. And and sometimes those people don't get to connect much. And so they, they, they need that. Yep exposure to different leadership within the team so you know there's the element of like boosting the morale and getting everyone hyped up in the middle of the day like you say but then there's also like filling in that gap yeah you're right from different departments that don't necessarily get to communicate that might want to move within a different department or speak to leadership more there's that opportunity created within the huddle see who your team members are get to know what they're up to and what they might be struggling with um I really like the like I was saying, the, the format we've adopted. So the the one word or the WhatsApp. So the one word is meant to be, you know, just one word that describes how you're currently feeling. Now our meetings are at 12.35, which is lunchtime. So most <laughs> of the time when we have these meetings, my word is hungry. hungry. You're always but, hungry. <laughs> <laughs> but I know like yours today was productive, for example. Yep. You had a really productive morning. There are days where someone might not be feeling 100%. So their words might be a little bit like, under the pump or stressed. It gives leadership a really quick insight into how people are feeling, number one. Are there any flags? Mm-hmm. Do people need a little bit more attention on something particularly? But also just a general vibe. We get a good vibe with that one word or with that what's up. The priority, obviously that's just making sure everyone knows what their one critical thing for the day is yeah. or their critical things. Um, and then the stuck. The huddle offers a really good opportunity for potential bottlenecks within the business mm, yeah. to be addressed. So right then and there. Yeah. Exactly. So I know there's been countless times where we've had huddles and I've been asked, hey, I'm stuck on this, Tash, I need you to approve, review, give me guidance, whatever it might be. Similarly with yourself where yeah. someone might need something from you. It's like, Linda, I can't go. I'm stuck right now and my priority is getting you to sort this out so that I can keep going with my day. Yeah. Um, One other thing that we keep in mind with this huddle is when we get to that stuck part, if it goes back and forth more than – So important, this. Yeah, more than two or three times, it's taken offline because we've got seven minutes and everyone has to go and the huddle is meant to be that quick, fast-paced adrenaline dump, get get your shit out, get out type of thing. And if it goes back and forth, take it offline – it needs more of a conversation. Can I say, I think that's why the huddle works so well yep. is because we're really strict on keeping it to time mm. and keeping that back and forth within just those two pings and then that's yep. it. I think if we allowed it to go longer, then it would fall into that bracket of, oh, like I have meeting a huddle, suck. meeting suck. Yeah. But because we keep it within time and we have those parameters, that's why I feel that the huddle is so valuable to everyone and yep. it's not a hindrance. It's actually enjoyable yeah. to see everyone at the beginning of the day. I'm uh, sorry, in the middle of the day. And that's the other thing. The meeting, uh, sorry, the book, I can't remember if it specifically says, I, sorry, it recommends 11 a.m. or 2 p.m. Yeah, so there's like mid-shift dips, it, if yeah. you will, where there's like the two toughest times of the day. Yeah, like three and o'clock they, itis. Yeah, AKA yeah, 100%. Chocolate time. Yeah. Oh, God. <laughs> I've moved away from that. Oh, no. But, no, oh. everyone needs a sugar hit at three o'clock. Oh, my o'clock. gosh. It's, oh, you just feel it then. You feel like shit at the end <laughs> of the day. Even if it's fake like, sugar, oh, it's fine. I guess or so. a huddle. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. So our, our huddle, like we said, yeah. is at twelve thirty-five. But then you have those two really tough periods of the day, which is at eleven a.m. and two p.m. Yep. And they are really good times to be able to also boost your team's morale when yeah. they are going through a hard slog. Exactly. And yeah. I feel like we we chose twelve thirty-five um, because it was around that lunchtime period, and we have got a 
cheeky habit in this office to work through lunch. A lot of us do. Yeah, that's true. And so we've, I do remember when we chose that time and it was because we wanted to try and force everyone to go into the huddle and then if they haven't had lunch yet to continue on. And often, to be honest with you, Linda, I take that time as my lunch time Yeah. because I haven't stopped. Yeah, I do as well naturally. I get yeah. to 12.35, we do the huddle, I'm hungry. It and forces so, you to stop as well. Exactly. So I, abso- yeah. I absolutely love it. I think it's a great time for us. Uh, we, we're a pretty agile team. Like there's never more than 10 people tuning into this um, yeah. this daily huddle. So we are able to keep it to time and keep it quick. And they just, they work for us. They work yeah. really well. I have done huddles before at 9 a.m. Mm-hmm. And they were very, very similar, like similar scheduling and timing. It was uh, what are you grateful for, yep. priorities and challenges. So literally just one element was different. Um, but I will say I prefer the timing of 12.35 as opposed to 9 a.m. Like you're not really stuck on anything yeah. at 9 a.m. in the morning. You're not as switched yeah. on. You're not into your day. So yeah. I, I prefer the timing of 9.35 all as the book recommends, either 11, 11 a.m. or 2. 2 p.m. makes sense as well. Yeah, I like that. Yeah. If you are a larger organization, mm. then you might look at reducing like the um, – the topics in there and keeping it to like, uh, you know, in the book itself, it mentions a three minute adrenaline rush. Yes. And it's just a really good opportunity to instead, rather than focus on what we say, but just kind of pick everyone up. Yep. Yep. And get the juices flowing yep. and then get them pumped for like the second part of their day. Yeah, I love that. I had a friend that wor- I worked with years ago. She worked. She used to work for the ATO, so Australian Taxation Office, and um, boring, but yeah. <laughs> they used to sit around their office, you know, in their cubicles doing their thing. And funnily enough, you wouldn't think a government organisation would do something like this, but they used to have, I think I think she said there were like um, two huddles a day, morning and afternoon, probably right. like 11 and 2. Yeah. And they weren't so much as like let's update each other verbally huddles, but it was everyone had to stand up mm-hmm. and do like five squats and oh my gosh. like, you know, raise their hands a few times. Sort of thing. <laughs> it was really it was really cringe when she told yeah. me. But I did kind of low-key love it. I was like, oh, this is good. Like all of you, this is before standing desks were an actual thing. Yeah, okay. So everyone sat in their cubicle. Fair they enough. didn't move. You only got up to go like for a ciggy or, <laughs> or a toilet break. There was, that's literally all they did. Yeah. Um, and they were forced to get up and do some movement, which okay. is nice. I like that. Anything that just breaks up the routine yeah. for anyone, anywhere, anytime, something, something that your body's not expecting, first of all, gets your brain reworking. Yeah. It's like, oh, cool, this is fresh, this is different. Mm. And the fact that it's like depending on where it is during the day just helps segue into the next thing that you will need to be doing during the day. Yeah. I really like, I really like huddles. Yeah. Yeah, me too. Let's get into our next one, which is the weekly full team strategy and action meetings. What do you mean by that, T? So in the book, he actually talks about these two being two different meetings, a strategy meeting and an action meeting as in two different ones. Now, I can't talk about having two different ones because we do one combined Mm -hmm. on a Monday afternoon. We call them our production meeting and it's in this meeting where it's the entire team, including our fully remote uh, team members, they all tune in. And the first section of the meeting is kind of like a huddle. We tend to do a bit more gratitude and appreciation during this period because we've got everyone around and so we can really extend thanks to, you know, extra team members if we need to. But we also have a pretty strict agenda where we start with that group session. We go into like a bit of a leadership update, which is where the team will get any sales um, updates from Moby or the sales team. They'll also get any 
pressing items that need to be reminded of from an ops point of view or any financial items from, you know, the finance side of the, the business. But it's very short. And I think we don't take any more than seven minutes for a leadership update. Yeah. And that's that's more just like this is what's going on this week from a business point of view. Sometimes we don't have anything from a leadership point of view. And then we yeah. go into the weekly like actions. And now we're an agency-based business, so we have – you know, the digital marketing consultants or account managers, if you will, each has clients and each client has a set milestone or KPI, if you will, that we're working towards yeah. every month. And so these weekly action meetings allow us to check in on how we're going with everything in just general mm-hmm. from the client's point of view, make sure we're all tracking along towards the the goals or the milestones that we've set for the client. Yeah. And um, allows us to talk strategy for clients when we need it. So that meeting replaced, if you remember, Linda, we used to do one-on-ones with Moby, who's CEO and lead strategist. Mm-hmm. We all used to do one-on-ones with him. So there's, you know, me, you, Tony and Elena at least. So if that's four hours of Moby's time a week that he would have to do strategy for the accounts. So that was just time is money and that was killing him, number one. Even as someone who sat in that and had my one-on-ones with Moby, I will say like for anyone out there that is a team leader, like you have a a team under you and you are having one-on-ones, I would really challenge that concept. I know it might seem strange to move away from that because it's all a lot of companies have ever Mm. known, but merging them into one and shortening the time frame alleviates so much time off your calendar but at the same time it's actually quite beneficial to an extent sometimes maybe so sometimes maybe not but beneficial for the people that you are having your one-on-ones with because they then get to get they they then have oversight as to what other people in the company are doing because you're all meeting together and and you might have an issue that potentially the the team leader might not be able to solve and so you have these other people in the meeting that can then offer their insights and opinions and help troubleshoot so it turns into a more collaborative Mm -hmm. session and um, these are these yeah. are action meetings. These are strategy. Yeah. This is not like one-on-one reviews and no. you know professional development conversations. Those are still held separately. And I do think there is, um, you know, without anyone getting caught up on terminologies, there's a space for those coaching slash guidance slash review one-on-ones that you need with your, yeah. your management or your leadership at least. But these production week, like I said, we call them production, but they're weekly strategy slash action meetings exactly to Linda's point, are a really good opportunity for each of us to learn off of each other's struggles or challenges. Yeah. And there's been times where other team members come in with a problem and the person that we least expected has the solution because they've never been involved in those conversations before. So they've been able to come at the challenge with a different mindset and a different perspective and just show us a different angle or, or light, if you will. Yeah. Um, with those meetings, though, they are longer. Yes, and, you know, we all know that time is money. So to Linda's point that she mentioned, uh, like the first part, we do some more vanguarding here as well and it's kind of like it is well and truly known that if you don't think you are needed in this meeting or you're adding value or you're getting anything out of it, you're expected to drop out. You're Mm. expected to say, guys, I'm going to drop out. I don't need to be here anymore. Yeah. And there might be a time where someone's like, no, no, not yet because I still need X, Y, Z from you or, okay, cool, let me get this one thing from you first and then go off and keep doing what you need to do. So there's a culture that we've created of people 
feeling psychologically safe to say, am I am I needed in this? Yeah. Do, do I need to be in this meeting? Do you know how many times I've had that question asked yeah. to Moby? I'm like, Moby, do you need me in this one? He's yeah, like, yeah, 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 no, I still do. <laughs> like, oh, damn, I couldn't get out of that one. But there's opportunities where there's like, you know what, no, no, Tash, you're not needed at all. Um, just for the first five minutes and then jump out. There's there's so like there's two things with that that come to mind, right? There's like you say, allow the opt-outs. So people, they're not wasting their time. They can drop out if they need to. So create the culture around that. Mm-hmm. And then there's also, like you said earlier, time is money. With that, you know, think how much am I paying people per hour? And how much time are they spending in this meeting? Yep. And then how often in the year are we having this meeting? Yep. Do that simple calculation yep. and you'll so quickly realise that, okay, I do not need everybody no. in this meeting. Or if I do, I'm going to allow them to drop out when exactly. they need to because time is money. Time is money. And you, if you don't do what Linda just said, you're just contributing to that $37 billion lost per year to unproductive meetings yeah, and 31 hours per month of unproductive meetings. So, yeah, 100%. I love that. So condoning that, um, sorry, conditioning the team. Everyone's on time. We know when you can drop out. We we have an agenda. So for that weekly production meeting, I prepare an agenda. It's shared with um, leadership before the meeting starts and you guys, it, it's predictable. Every week it's the same. So everyone in the team knows what's to come and we have, you know, we have a good understanding of what to come to that meeting expected to do and to bring and how to show up. If you're at that level and you want to go one step further, you could even share the agenda yes. in advance and then also a timetable in regards to who is needed when. Yeah, That's like that's goals. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> if you can send out an agenda early to a meeting and yep. then assign people to different parts so they know when to jump in, when yeah. not to. Uh, absolutely. Yeah. Awesome. And our last type of meeting that we want to talk about, and again, the the book has got another three or four, maybe two or three uh, other meeting types in there, which we Red Pandas aren't ready for yet. You know, we're still going on this journey mm. about learning and growing and um, there's definitely one that I want to see us implement next year, which is the retreat. Retreat. Oh, yes. <laughs> Red Pandas <laughs> Retreat 2023. <laughs> Bali, here we yeah, go. Yeah, hey, planning it already. No, but to be fair, the retreat, I think the – I'm not talking about the retreat now, but the retreat was around the idea of these like quarter uh, – sorry, yearly – like strategically planning. So two-day off-site, not, not work-related. It's just strategy planning and it's creative and it's exciting. Yeah. Haven't done that one yet. So when we do, we'll definitely report back to you. The last one I wanted to share is a monthly financial meeting. So um, that one, the way we run it here is we actually do it at the beginning of our production. So during our production meeting, but every four weeks. And we get, again, we get everyone involved in that meeting. And now that's not to say this is how much money everyone's earning. It's this is how much money the business brought in last month. This is how much went out. And this is how we're tracking towards our financial goals. So we all know that, you know, Red Pandas is working towards, I actually don't know the number off the top of my head, but we've Mm -hmm. got a financial goal we're working towards. And it's open for everyone to be aware of because collectively we we are working towards that goal. And that goal being met, Obviously, like I feel like it doesn't need to be said, but when we meet that goal, not only does the business benefit, but we all benefit individually too. So we've all got this mutually uh, beneficial interest in achieving that goal and that financial meeting allows us to see where money's going, where could we be smarter with our money or time. Like Linda said, time is money. Um, and, you know, a bit of forecasting as well. So if we know we've got certain deals in the pipeline or we know that we're going to get certain clients in at a certain time or something's going to be coming into the business. It's good to see that and everyone see that 
on a monthly basis so we can just mm. be tracking. That's a quick one. We definitely don't spend too much time, unnecessary time in there and it's all tied into well, what's in it for me. So from an employee employee's point of view, what's in it for me? Why do I need to know this? Like I said before, the business's financial goals directly impact your promotion, your pay rise, your bonuses, your resources for your accounts. So it's it's all it's all kind of intertwined, yeah, um, and gives good you know insight to how a business runs. Really. Mm. With that said, that was fun. I enjoyed talking about meetings and meeting suck. It's so funny though because when I was younger and I first got into like professional working I remember things how naive I was I remember thinking oh I'm so busy you've got so many meetings uh, yeah. yeah yeah I'm such an important person this is like 18 year old Tasha talking yeah and then very quickly I realized meetings are shit yeah if you can <laughs> uh, reduce them then that's yeah. amazing yeah whereas yeah, yeah, now I agree obviously you know well and truly down the path of my my career I'm, I'm definitely learning it's how you run a meeting. Yeah. It's how you run a meeting. And if you can run it shorter but still achieve the same end result and give people back 10, 15, 20 minutes in their day, go ahead. Yeah, and, and you know, if you are interested in this and looking at, you know, how can I run my meetings better, there, there of course, is that Vanguard principle that we spoke about at the beginning, but this book has some really good takeaways yeah. for that. So if you're interested in just having better meetings, making your attendees – you know, participants more involved than have a read of this book. There are some really cool things in there. Like, you know, you're not having to run the entire show as well. So one concept the book speaks about is assigning meeting roles to building uh, your teammates, different skill sets, mm -hmm. and then giving people different roles according to what they do. Yes. Like for example, they speak about a timekeeper, mm -hmm. uh, a moderator or a closer. I love that. And, yep. you know, the closer, for example, that could be somebody that is in customer service mm -hmm. or, you know, client facing. So they can actually work on the skills and being able to close a session and work on that, that skill that they would need in yeah. their day-to-day -day work as well. So there could be synergy in regards to what you assign to different people yep. based on what they actually do. Yeah, I really like that, Linda. Thanks for bringing it up. I completely forgot the different roles within a meeting and who does what and how yeah. it all comes together. Yeah, and getting them to sharpen their tools while they're in yeah. a meeting. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. Well, I will link to uh, the book plus some of these keynotes that Linda and I have discussed. If you head over to redpandas.com.au forward slash MM18, everything will be there. Yes, I got that right the first time. <laughs> Very proud of myself. Uh, otherwise, bye for now. Thanks, guys. Thank you.